0: The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network.
1: Kyle Busch won the season opener at Talladega. DeGroote was second. He's the reigning champion. It's the iRacers' download, where reality meets the virtual world of auto racing.
2: Cardwell, hoping it stays green, he nearly spins it around.
3: Who's it going to be? Cardwell, Berkeley, or someone else? iRacing's executive director, Taylor
2: Hart Jr. I think the NASCAR is starting to see the value and the opportunities that can
0: present themselves working with iRacing. From the SpeedSport Podcast Studios, powered by MyRacePass,
3: here are your hosts, Justin Prince and Taylor Burris. Happy New Year and welcome to a new year, a new season of the iRacers Download from the SpeedSport Podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass. Taylor Burris here along with Justin Prince, our producer Richard Colbreth, as Justin... A new year and i have to say a lot of things happening between when we signed off to end the 2022 calendar year and now here we are in 2023 with a lot of exciting things a lot of sad things but also it's time to get ready to go racing once again here in the world of i-racing
2: absolutely plenty of things going on when it comes to the world of i-racing from different series to different drivers to in turn preparations for new campaigns especially with a brand new year and chances in turn to live up to some new year resolutions on trying to raise the bar in many cases if you're
3: some of the competitors on the platform. It certainly is. And to get things kicked off, we are going to be talking about some of very exciting news going on in the world of iRacing, starting off with, of course, the eNASCAR Contender Series coming to a close earlier this time when we came back to you live. They just wrapped up their run at Texas. And 22 drivers are now eligible to join the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. Of course, one of those drivers is none other than champion of the contender series or the number one seeded driver, Joey Brown, who took home the championship win at Texas. Along with 21 other drivers, they will now make their return or debut in the 2023 E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series.
2: It's a return for Joey Brown's case because, remember, he was a part of the series back in the early 2010s. He had been trying to attempt the comeback trail for about two to three years before breaking through this season. I think he's somebody to keep an eye on based on the speed showcased by him and some of his fellow technical alliance mates. But other drivers amongst the rookies, that could be intriguing. Drivers like Wyatt Tinsley, like Tucker Minter, Michael Cozy Jr., an absolute fan favorite. And don't forget about drivers like Parker White, who has shot up and have shot up through the racing scene over the past few years. Could be some of your top drivers, and this is in the midst of many of the drivers who were able to fight their way back into the series.
3: It certainly is. Looking through the entire 22-driver field, at least you're looking at, eight to nine rookies competing in 2023 and it's going to be exciting to see out of this class of drivers who are going to be joining our 2023 class justin who are some of the ones that we're gonna have to keep an eye on
2: just mentioned some of the drivers i'm keeping my eye on but i'm thinking when it comes to some of the drivers who can do really well colin keister we've seen some good performances out of want to be surprised to see him take a bit more of a leap this season again i'm expecting big things with joey brown with some of the work put in on the back end with them as seen throughout the platform in the past year or so. I'm more so curious about Jordi Lopez Jr. and Michael Cozy Jr. Two drivers we've talked about a lot over the past couple of years, but drivers with high expectations. Jordi Lopez doing well in the past two years of Road to Pro Contender competition. Cozy Jr., remember a super speedway ace with several major special event victories. Those are two drivers I think who can do really well.
3: They certainly can, and they're definitely going to be ones to watch as well. A couple of drivers who I'm going to be curious to see about is going to be Caden Honeycutt and Vicente Salas. Both of those two drivers showed a lot of potential and a lot of great speed during Contender Series. They may have missed the mark in 2022 for the Coke Series, since why they were being relegated back to Contender. But when they came into contention for this, they were some of the top front runners during some of the racing that happened during the Contender Series. And I have to say, they're probably going to bounce back with a little bit of vengeance on their side, showing that they deserve a chance to compete for a championship in 2023.
2: I think more so in the case of Vicente, it's going to be the importance of bouncing back, being able to focus things up right, because it was kind of a sophomore slump, per se, when it comes to Vicente last season. But we know he's got speed in him, especially at some of the short track facilities. It's just a matter of keeping calm, keep focused, and don't get into tussles. That's been a major thing for some of the drivers. Now it's going to be the matter of once the season gets underway which drivers can keep calm, keep precise, and score good points.
3: It certainly is, and with a schedule that it was just announced on January the 5th, it is going to be a challenging schedule through 2023, kicking off on January 31st with a exhibition race at the L.A. Coliseum. Heat racing and stage racing put into play for this event. But, Justin, let's go race by race for this 18-race calendar season, starting off at none other the World Center of Racing on Valentine's Day at the Daytona International Speedway.
2: I mean, not as surprised as the season opener. It's been the traditional opener for many years. It's going to be intriguing, though, which teams can make a statement. Remember, last year it was two to three wide racing through the entire field, Taylor. What does this year's race produce, is the question in the course of 80 laps or so
3: about a one or two stopper. It certainly is. Milwaukee is going to be an exciting track as well. And then, of course, we head to the brand new Atlanta Motor Speedway for March 14th as well, Justin. But I think the biggest one we're all looking at is Autodromo Nationale Monza on April the 11th, 30 laps around the road course.
2: That's going to be the most intriguing one, because while you mentioned the Milwaukee Mile, when you think about that, there's a truck race going there this year. For the first time in a long time, that's understandable. The Autodroma National Monza obviously stands out because, well, it's an international circuit. It's a road course. According to Traction GG and Justin Malo. there, it's the no chicanes layout for Monza. So high speeds around the road course. And it becomes the question, what may be down the pipe with the future of NASCAR in general? And this includes, mind you a shuffle for a lot of the races that were in the playoffs, like Talladega's now regular season event. That's understandable, especially since it's been a cutoff race a couple times. You have Las Vegas, of course, Darlington, the throwback earlier in the season instead of in the postseason. And of course, some of the traditional races that popped up like Charlotte, like Nashville, like New Hampshire, that's been a state for most of the seasons outside of last year that are part of the schedule up until in mid-August postseason start.
3: It certainly is. And of course, the next race will, with a round out, the cutoff race for the playoffs will be at Pocono on August the 1st. And then four unique tracks, Michigan, Dover, Phoenix, and the season finale at Homestead, Miami.
2: When you think about a big picture, Homestead, Miami, outside of last year, has been the traditional season finale in Coke, as well as, in many cases, a lot of fans love Homestead, Miami for its driver track tendencies. I find it interesting, though, the one thing to keep in mind with the Michigan-Dover-Phoenix and Homestead-Miami Speedway postseason, the season this year ends in September. It's a full month earlier for the campaign to finish with the checkered flag compared to in the past, Taylor.
3: It certainly is, and it just shows that there's a lot of things possibly in the pipeline that could happen between now and then. As you see, pretty much looking through the calendar, we really don't get a month off like we normally do did like past few seasons
2: actually that's a great point too because it essentially means there's no summer break per se for most of the month of june that we've seen last year for the most part if you're in nascar competition you have to basically be laser focused where you've got a race just about every two weeks there is a one week separation between months and talladega that's it so you have to be able to get that preparation in As many drivers have talked about, they have to time it up right. And in regards to the schedule, it's essentially meaning there's no major breaks. There's no major layaway of a three, four-week break
3: or something. You're focused directly on the NASCAR all year. You certainly are, and that's going to be exciting. Of course, the action kicks off January 31st with the LA Coliseum. Catch all the action live on iRacing and on NASCAR's streaming services. Well, from the world of NASCAR, we head on over to the world of Outlaws and their CarQuest Auto Sprint Car Series, as they just wrapped up two rounds during the offseason when we were off air.
2: Yeah, when it comes to that, James Edens was the constant when it comes to that. Back-to-back winner, the second repeat winner, in fact, for this season as a result of how he fared out with the series return to Fairbury Speedway and the most recent one coming from the front row. James Edens is starting to pick up. Huge momentum at a huge time. He's still farther back than the points. It is important to mention. It's still a gap between him and the battle between the title contenders of about 34 points. But guess what? James Heans has closed that up in the past. He's lost gaps like that in the past. All it takes is trouble for Timothy Smith, Alex Bergeron, or even Tyler Shell. We might talk about Dean's towards the top of the point standings in the final few races of the season with four events to go. And keep in mind, in the most recent of the two, Timothy Smith did well. Alex Bergeron, he did not
3: 17th. He certainly did not, indeed. this could be detrimental for his championship runs in 2023 to try to return to the top echelons of World of Outlaw competition on the iRacing service. It's going to be a long, tough hill, but for the next four races at Cedar Lake, Knoxville, Weed Sport, and then the season finale at Charlotte, it is going to be exciting nonetheless of course you can catch all the action on iracing and on dirt vision for your more exciting action as we see if james eden could take the fight to alex bergeron and timothy smith justin i think now we have to talk about some a little bit of i have to say upsetting news that happened during the off season as of december 31st iracing and indycar's relationship has come to an ex- expiration as IndyCar will no longer have licensing with iRacing as of this year in 2023 for the time being.
2: Where do I begin? Because for those who missed that news starting at the start of the new year, there was that part of it. But you can't even broadcast the races with the car. And series like Lionheart, series like Elite Racing League, to be in absolute scramble mode if they haven't been already and i know for a fact some of them are absolutely in scramble mode because when you have a lot of series backing not just from drivers but from the corporate side that's going to absolutely decimate things but when it comes to the agreement in of itself there is the one certain direction, per se, you can look towards on a certain indie car game, possibly. But at the same time, you have to remember, when it comes to building a brand and building loyalty, it's not the best of scenarios to basically say, Oh, hey, people from this part of it, how do we want you to go to a certain area? Well, we're going to force you. And that's kind of the approach that people obviously don't like Taylor. And that's where a lot of this comes from, I think.
3: It certainly does, because like you pointed out, it mentions it, it mentioned a lot of detriments for a lot of the leagues. One league in particular, like we pointed out, Lionheart, which we will have a special guest joining us from the Lionheart series. Jorge and Zaldo will be joining us in a couple of weeks' time to discuss about how this will affect this championship series, but I mean, it affects many different platforms, and of course, the big one as well, which affects really us when we go and talk about like Race Spot TV, the I Racing Indy 500. You cannot have a Indy 500 or Indy cars similar event with either the IR18, the DW12, or the IR05 in, in any capacity.
2: Technically, you're not even supposed to say that anymore the brand, or the tr- or, tr- or the event in of itself. And that's how big this deal is, where this is kind of unprecedented in, in virtual motorsports action, to basically say, the license is done, no one can touch this, per se. It's still a supported car, it's worth noting. There's still an official series that... As far back as the start of the new 2023 Season 1 seasons, I did notice, some of them did have that already removed prior to it, just in case I'm guessing with this. But it's important to note that the situation could very likely be fluid. Who knows if there is another agreement that can be made.
3: It was funny when this announcement was made, IndyCar and iRacing were in the top 20 trending on Twitter because you had names such as Connor Daly, Tony Kanaan, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and many more people from motorsports and IndyCar contemplating and talking about this deal.
2: And I don't blame them because it's something you don't expect. You, It's almost like what's... Happened in the past when it comes to holding a special event at a certain track in the French countryside. When you have an exclusive license to not just the car, but the name of an event, how is it going to be handled? And honestly, in the big picture of things, what's going to happen down the line? That's the major thought I think a lot of people have to say, not just in regards to this. What happens if another license goes towards that? What happens when these agreements reach 10 years and if they don't renew? That's going to be the biggest question in a lot of people's minds if it hasn't been already. What happens from here with the future of games such as this and for simulators such as this when someone wants to take the content to another platform exclusively? And we're seeing some of the results now.
3: We certainly are. I, thankfully, I think we will not see something like that with NASCAR IMSA here coming up pretty soon, thank goodness. But we have to see how I will tell. Hopefully, something will change when it comes to this regarding IndyCar in the near future.
2: I'm hoping so. That's the major thing. I think everyone is hoping so. Because a lot of series, I think, are still either on hold or looking to press on until there's a resolution. But it's the question. What's going to happen in the future? And that's something that is out of, well, most people's hands. It's up to IndyCar. It's up to iRacing. It's up to the other parties that could be involved in said negotiations to decide how this
3: goes. It certainly is. And finally, in other news, it's not iRacing related, but I did get the chance to see a preview trailer of it that released on January the 5th. and. In regards to Gran Turismo, yes, we don't cover Gran Turismo really on the iRacers download, but they just released the trailer for their brand new movie, which is releasing in 2023, with stars such as David Harbour and Orlando Bloom starring in this movie. And I gotta say, if you haven't had the chance to look at the trailer, it's pretty fun.
2: Now I know there's a Gran Turismo movie! (laughs) But in all seriousness, well that's the way a lot of places are going to because there's what tv shows for the witcher there is the one that's being made for some of the stuff involving i think borderlands has been a part of the discussions one that comes up to mind for example of course are the new nintendo movies for example it expands the brand per se and that's where a lot of industry levels go if you have interest why not try and see if you can expand the brand to other mediums?
3: It certainly is, and it's actually based on a true story with, in fact, one of the first drivers who was able to compete in the Gran Turismo Nissan factory challenge. And it's going to be, a, it looks pretty exciting. I got to say, I'm excited to see how this plays out.
2: I am too, but here's the interesting thing that also came out in part on January the 5th, a part of this, that it's important to note. Is the PVS VR2, which is a part of that, which is a new headset for VR. And to put that into perspective, it's basically the PlayStation equivalent of the VR headsets we see in a lot of motorsports. So basically, they're bringing first person to Gran Turismo, too. And that's another direction a lot of racing's going. If you're not on triples, you're likely in VR. If you don't have triples or VR, you're looking at potentially one of those in the future if you want to take to the next step and make sure you don't accidentally squeeze your opponent into the outside wall.
3: Yes, indeed. And, of course, they have not made a release date for said movie, but it is scheduled to be released in 2023. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we will have, of course, the Team Victory One Sim, Drivers, of course, Joey Brown, your e NASCAR contender champion, Timmy and Kevin, King, Timmy Holmes and Kevin King, who were finalists in the e NASCAR contender series, and also a special guest joining from the eNASCAR Coca Cola iRacing series coming up next on the iRacers download from the SpeedSport podcast studio powered by MyRacePass.
2: Welcome back to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport podcast studio powered by MyRacePass. Justin, Prince, Taylor, Burris, our producer, Richard Colbreath with you once more as we shift gears a little bit, remaining in a NASCAR competition, but now into the lead-up for the Coca-Cola iRacing series for 2023. As talked about on January the 5th, the new schedule was released by iRacing with some new interesting dates. Amongst the drivers looking to compete a part of those new interesting dates this season, are a group of drivers coming over from Victory One, and those drivers include some with previous veteran experience, others rookies to the series. Joining us now on the iRacers download Joey Brown, Kevin King, Timothy Holmes, and Garrett Maines. First things first, thank you so much for taking the time to join with us. I'll start with you, Joey. You're the eNASCAR Contender Series champion. With a high amount of expectations in your return, how does it feel to be back in the Coke Series?
0: Hey, first of all, thanks for having us here, uh, man. It feels it feels great like uh, to come back after such a long break and being able to compete at the level that uh, that we did and go out and, and win the contender championship. Man, that was that was awesome. We did well on the Road to Pro. I think we we finished third in round two, and then. Uh, uh, round one was a little sketchy, but uh, I was kind of still getting on my feet there. But we kind of hit a rhythm right at the end of round one, rolled into round two, and we just kept that momentum going all the way through the contender series. And then just glad to be glad to be back uh, racing at this level again. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's very very fulfilling, and uh, just the sense of accomplishment of uh, of even just getting here it's, it's been it's been pretty awesome. The same can be said with Kevin King,
2: Kevin. You also return now to the Coke series for the first time since around the early to mid 2010 range. What was it like for you now to be returning to the Coke series after trying to get back for so long?
1: Yeah, it's kind of mimic what Joey says. Obviously we're, we're probably older than most people out there when it comes to sim racing and whatnot, uh, or just our competitors in general. So uh, for me, it's, it's definitely the, the, the competitor in me wants to make sure that I can still do what, I, what I'd what i like to do uh, at a high level. So um, we, we started with our small group and uh, continued to battle every week and fortunately found ourselves in a position to keep going. Uh, and of course, you know, without the help of Joey through the contender series is definitely uh, was, was a big shot in the arm uh, as far as confidence and just performance base. Uh, but yeah, it's fun, man. Like, you know, I've been doing it a long time. I always tell people I'm doing it forever. Um, so to be able to do it, as long as I've been doing it at a high level, I feel like, is, is as Joey said, very self-rewarding. Uh, it's, it's a very nice accomplishment, and I, I couldn't be happier with, with the group we've, we've kind of brought together. It's, it's been super fun.
2: Demi, you're amongst the rookies now for this season. How does it feel now to be a Coke Series driver after you've basically battled your way on the service for the past about three years or so?
4: Uh Yeah when I first got it I would have never thought I'd have been here but just started out and I got with Kevin and once I joined the team I kind of started there I started running road to pro and then went through round one pretty easy this year got to round two and I think I was one of the last guys to make it in and it was just going into contender basically to have fun and like Kevin said with the help of Joey obviously we uh, picked it up a little bit and got some good finishes to make it. And, uh, it's definitely a big accomplishment.
2: Of course, the camp also for you guys grew in the past week or so because, Garrett, you had the interesting announcement switching over from ESC, a team that you were a founding member of with Elliott Sauer's squad, over to Victory One. What came of that decision? Why?
5: Well, I mean, I've been working with the Ryko guys for the remainder, like, I believe from the playoffs on. And uh, I feel like gotcha. I'd really click with them. And um, it just, it seemed like the right move. I felt like it was a um, a positive move for us. And I think from a technical side, um, it's going to give us a really good opportunity. I've I've enjoyed working with them, and I'm really excited for this season.
2: It's absolutely been an intriguing Contender Series campaign. I believe there was two cautions the entire way, to me, Correct me if I'm wrong. What, how, how difficult was it in turn because of, well, it comes down straight in part to the skill and the speed of the car?
4: Um, yeah, that was I mean, it was definitely a lot because obviously you need to, you test, you put a lot of time in testing and Honestly, I, once I joined Victory One and I was with them, if I was off Joey a little bit, I felt like I was going to be missing. And then obviously, with no cautions, you need to qualify good. And that's something I felt like I struggled with. But, I mean, we worked hard and the setups were good. So it was just basically put a good race together and you'd be fine.
2: How would you say that, Joey, since you had great track position most of the season too?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would agree. It was it was very refreshing. Um, my experience with the Pro Series back in the day and the, the previous Coke Series at the, the seasons I was in, it was uh, very rare that you got caution free races. And we had the majority of it was caution free. Like you said, we only had two cautions the entire series. So that was it was pretty awesome. Like being able to string together long runs. Uh, I feel like it's one of our strengths is, is that long run speed. Um it's pretty easy to find the short run speed but but that, that after 20 30 lap speed is that's, that's that's where you make your money and we were just able to showcase it really well. Um, I think it played into our strength for all three of us making it in that uh, that we're in and uh but yeah, it was it was it was pretty cool.
2: Kevin one thing I want to ask about is you talked a bit about working with the team of course through the contender series Course part of that was a shuffle over from victory one to victory one from well the team. Uh, of course the team, the team you were with for a long time. What was how did that come about with you?
1: Um, you know, obviously we had a group of people that some have transitioned to other teams uh as others kind of retired or just kind of fell away from the from the sim itself. But um, you know, we went into it with with full head of steam, you know, we had our group of people. Joey um, approached me prior to the season, and I felt like I, like I'm really loyal to the people that I'm around, uh, which is probably why you've seen me on the same spot squad forever. And I, I didn't feel like it was the right move until after Phoenix. Um, it was just kind of like an eye-opening experience. Like, man, it's going to be a real, really big struggle. And Timmy, Timmy had just had a really good run for what we were what we were doing. And I felt like, you know, if I if I can make this switch and bring Timmy along, like I felt both of us combined, along with Jackson um, helping us out, too, that we could have a really good shot uh, at, at making a run for it. And so it wasn't the easiest decision in terms of breaking away from what we had going on. Not to say that's going away because uh, we have other plans for it, but um yeah, you know, I, I took a, a leap of faith, and I, and I really wanted to bring Timmy along because he was doing so well, and I'm, I'm super happy that, you know, I think a lot of people were eye-opening with, with Timmy not expecting him to even make it, let alone run as good as he did. I mean, he got second at Homestead behind Joey, and um, it just proved to me that it was the right move. As, as much as I wanted to hold on to the pride aspect of everything, it was the right move making sure that we everyone had the complete shot of having that chance of making coke and like i said and everyone's echoing the same stuff like everyone gets along so great and and the resources are there for us and communications there everyone's having fun everyone's on the same page and it's it's basically a perfect environment so i'm super happy we made that switch
2: now timmy it was talked about a little bit there what kevin just said about the under the radar part so for fans they might not be as familiar with you what is your background like and your hobbies in turn
4: well so i've been racing dirt carts since i was 5 years old so i've been in racing for basically all my life cuz my dad used to do it and one day i just my friends used to have i racing so i wanted to get on it and I got on here and probably it wasn't this past year was the first time i went for a so I started running more NASCAR and more competitive stuff like that, and then I got, like I said before, I got with Kevin, and then that was basically the start.
2: hmm Now, turning back over to you, Joey, I'm, it's a huge thing, too, with your performance to get up here, as we talked about. Talk us through the comeback trail. I think we touched upon it once in the past with you. But the comeback trail essentially now has its big major checkpoint, of course, of being back in Coke. Talk us through that battle over the past two-plus years for the comeback.
0: Yeah, I, was, I mean, it, it really starts that first year we made uh, the Coke series back in 2013, being able to make that and, and being as successful as we were. And then uh, 2014, I was really only able to complete half the season i had a complete different job change we moved had to move across the country um, um i got picked up by the fa as an air traffic controller so i had to go up to their academy that had a 50% washout rate so i pretty much had to like just drop everything and just focus on that so just make sure that we were successful at home and that's kind of the whole reason that we i had dropped out of it I came back a little bit 2015 and I helped build for Ray Alfalo and slip angle during those times. Uh, So I came back for a little bit for that. didn't really race much, but uh, I was helping on the builder side of that things. And then I kind of slipped away again uh, really till I'd say December or November of the uh, the, not last year, but uh, the previous year kind of when that winter NIS series started. So it kind of, got my feet wet building the 87 cars to kind of get a foundation with how the new builds and, and the tires and everything was so that was building for those cars uh, was simple enough but you kind of got a good feel for kind of how I racing the direction went with with the tires and the build and everything like that so uh, it took a little bit to figure out the road to probe like the truck setups kind of had to start from scratch um i know a lot of people had previous season builds that i really didn't have to go off so i was kind of figuring out as we went uh, we we hit on something pretty early and kind of rode that all the way through and just kind of tweaked on it uh but it was it was a lot of fun uh had a lot of great support and people behind uh kind of at that point too right when Road the pro was starting is when we were looking to building for the coke series guys so we we're looking for drivers for that and it was kind of a scramble at the beginning of the season to we, we just wanted to put our name out there and kind of prove that we deserve to be at that level and that's when we kind of made the deal with ryan luza and uh uh derek bordeaux we built for them ryan did really well uh, had some great finishes He won at bristol um i felt like our qualifying very was very lacking i don't know if that was just we missing it or i mean obviously we were missing something but uh but our race pace was, was some of the best all season. Um, so we were constantly moving forward, making passes. It was a lot of fun, big learning experience. Um, and then towards the inter, uh, end of the season, we uh, joined the partnership with the and we worked with those guys. And that was a lot of fun. They, they brought over a bunch of support guys and, and stuff like that. And so we had our, our statistics and spreadsheets and stuff like that, that they provided. And that was a lot of fun. Learned a lot from those guys. Um, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, we picked up Garrett here from over the, from them and we left the uh, ESC on a good note. We're still in a good relationship with them. I think they just wanted to kind of back off the Coke side of things and kind of focus on just being a road to pro and contender series team. And we, we respected that. And, uh, but uh, it's, been, it's been a pretty, a pretty long, arduous uh, journey. Uh, it's a lot of time put in. I mean, back when I made it, it was just like a one-season thing, like, in and, and you were in the Pro Series, whereas this Road to Pro is, like, it, it's throughout the whole year. So it's it's been long.
2: That's going to be interesting in the next few weeks since, of course, ESC has a Coke slot, per se, for one of those slots of 20 from last year when compared to last year, too. Kevin, of course we talked a bit about how you've been on the service for the path for many years to racing along. How has it been for you on your return to Coke as well? In your opinion over the years,
1: you know, it's, it's, it's tough, right? Cause you have your core group of people that you're around for a long time. And then you step away. You don't necessarily have those core group of people. And, Um, A lot of things on the service changes, the cars change, the tires change, just the whole dynamic switches up. And so when you're not on top of your game or just involved with it, um, it makes it really difficult when you try to get back into it. And so, uh, you know, when we start doing our rebuild, um, it's very, I found out very easily and very early that it's hard to find good people that are committed kind of to the cause, as they say, um, where everyone is simply just on the same page, working hard um, and ultimately not getting super frustrated when you don't have that pace. So, on top of just being fast or competitive, it's finding those group of people around you to help uplift everyone around them just because you couldn't do it alone. And as Joey said, it's such a long season to even get through it. You need a really good group of people around you to support each other and understand what's going on. Um, And while we did that, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Um, And of course, the further you go along, you, you leave some of those guys behind because not everyone makes it to the next level. And so it gets, it's harder and harder as you go up the ladder. So, um, yeah, I mean the competition, I always felt like my race pace and race speed and and just racecraft in general was always, was always on point. It was just going to figure out, you know, was I going to be off on setup, speed or, or strategy or things like that. And that was the only, the only real question mark for us was, was, are we going to be competitive on the, on the, on the speed part of things? And so, um, Beyond the frustrating part of that, you know, I, I felt like we had a really good group of people and, you know, we all understood kind of what the goal was and, and how to get back in it. And fortunately, like I said, we got we got me and Timmy through. And then, you know, the hope is that the next group of people that we have coming up, um, there's going to be some big names on our side of the squad. It's going to be pretty exciting just to watch go through it. And I, I have pretty high expectations that they'll get back in where they used to be and knowing that we have that support system behind them so they won't have the struggles and the questions that i had to deal with and the other guys had to deal with it just makes me feel better and hopefully makes them feel better um and they can just focus on driving and and doing well versus all the other uh, outside stuff so um it's definitely not easy i think a lot of people take it for granted how easy it supposedly is and it's definitely not easy it is a grind
2: can absolutely be a grind indeed and that's on top of believe you also run rc cars
1: yeah. So when I took that break, I was, um, you know, I went from one racing aspect to another. And so I run for a company called Team Associated um, that runs, you know, the manufacturing part of the vehicles and then, you know, other electronics and uh, tire companies and all that fun stuff. So I, I got my racing kick in a different way. Um, but I was always, you know, I've always made sure that I followed uh, what was going on, on the on the Coke side of things and the upper level side of things. So yeah you know i I dabble in that stuff. I do pretty well for for what you know the time I put in it now. Um, but yeah, I try to keep myself busy. i don't I don't like to just sit around and do nothing and um just watch everything go by. So, yeah, I, I found myself a little busier with that set of things for a little bit
2: now, Garrett, as the well, veteran of the group in terms of coming over from the Coke series last season to this season, is what I mean by that. One of the major things today, one of the major things on January the 5th, the schedule. Your thoughts on the schedule, which sees a lot of date shuffling, but also the Milwaukee Mile and Monza on the circuit.
5: You know, the first half of the season, really looking forward to. Somewhere in the middle, I don't know. I'm a little lukewarm for me. I'm not a huge uh, Mile and a Half fan, but that's, that's just me. Um, I do think... It's a really good schedule for me. I'm looking forward to the races at the beginning and at the end. Um, I really enjoyed Homestead last year, so I'm not too disappointed to see it as the finale because that went from being my least favorite track on the schedule very quickly to my favorite mile and a half, which I can't say is saying too much, but I actually like really enjoyed it. So uh, I'm definitely excited for it. Like It's nice to have some um, new tracks on the schedule, some that some of us may not have ever been to. I, I know of um, Monza, but I'm pretty sure it's the Chicane or No Chicane course, which is a bit different. So I I have no idea. (laughs) We'll have to see how that goes.
2: Yeah, that's going to be something intriguing for all of you, absolutely. But to start to wrap things up here, your expectations then in turn, Garrett, for next season. You mentioned the middle part concerns, but your expectations for the season as a whole.
5: Honestly, you know, I, I think we can really be a playoff contender this year. I think as, you know, last year progressed, somehow we were still close to the bubble and we had some very, very bad luck. And I, I really think that, um, you know, with the performance that, you know, we had at the end of the season, we carry that momentum into this season. We're going to represent.
0: What about you, jelly Joey. Yeah, I, I I would say as, as goals wise, I think as a team in general, out of our five drivers here, I, I would like to see two or three of us make make the first round playoffs, and possibly, uh, at least one of us go to the final round. I mean, I think I think that's a realistic goal going forward. I think uh, we could definitely accomplish that. I think that's reachable. So I think that's a uh, kind of what we're looking for. Kevin,
2: do you think you could be one of those drivers, and why?
1: Yeah, I mean, with this car, yeah, I've I've it's interesting, you know, you go through the top three series and you try to figure out which one you're um, most compatible with. And I, for whatever reason, feel the most comfortable with this particular car, whether it's NAS, AFIX, different leagues that have run it. Uh, just was able to run a championship and get some pretty good drivers in FTF. So having the confidence within the car itself and understanding that what fits my driving style, I mean, I feel, you know, with, with the support that we have, I, I don't feel like I'm going in there thinking like, well, I hope I run... Run top twenty, like at, at minimum, that's where I, I expect to run just on a personal basis. Um, but yeah, man, I, I would love to even have a chance at a win. I know the draft and the short races and all that fun stuff plays a part. So a lot of it's on me to qualify well and, and perform well on the track. But um, I, like Joey said, I, I see no reason why you know any of us in here, I mean, including Timmy, Timmy's again no slouch with these things, um, has a, ch- a a shot at a win somehow, some way throughout the season. And, you know, hopefully there's there's a few of us because we have the talent to be able to get there, to have that playoff contention, um, even seeing us in the final four, whether it's me or not. Realistically, for me, that doesn't matter. But if I have a teammate that's that's getting close, like I, I'm going to do whatever I can to try to make sure that they have the best possible chance. And, um, yeah, like Joey said, I don't I don't see a way that we don't potentially get to that point. I think it's you know, we're, we're in a good position. So if I get some top fives, and top tens and maybe a win shot, that'd be awesome. That'd be great for me. There's definitely some tracks that I've circled on there that would fit my driving style. And, um, yeah, I'm just going to go with it and just have a lot of fun and do the best I can.
2: I praise from Kevin. Once again, Timmy, Your intern. your quick final thoughts for this season, how you will do.
4: Uh, I'm pretty new to this car. I haven't done much in it, but I think we got a really good group, really good group behind me. So I'm just going to, this is definitely going to be a learning experience, but I think I'm, I'll am i be up there and be able to compete for some good finishes. But just like everybody else has said, we definitely can compete for a playoff spot and make our way through, so we'll see.
2: With that, starting with you, Timmy, where can fans follow along with you on social media?
4: Um, Facebook, Twitter, my... Twitter is Timothy Holmes 67. If anybody wants to follow it and I'm going to start posting more on there. I didn't really post much until the contender series, but I'll start doing that once this cook stuff starts and basically try to post race results and everything like that. What
2: about you, Kevin?
1: Yeah, Twitter. Um, not so much active on Facebook as much as I used to be, but Twitter is kind of my go-to right now. Obviously I, uh, I try to stream as, as much as I can when scheduling allows, but um, you can find me on Keith King style on Twitter and Twitch and um, kind of go through those motions. But yeah, I think, you know, I'm very open to ask, ask me questions. I'll do the best I can to, to answer them. Uh, like I said, I've been around forever, so I can probably, you know, a little bit, I hope, um, but yeah, catch me on those two things and I'll be more than willing to help you out the best I can.
0: What about you, Joey? Uh, i be on Twitter uh, at Joe Brose of 14. Um I'm gonna try to start streaming here, just got a new PC all set up. So uh gonna get that all set up and see exactly what goes into that. So probably uh, probably do that. I think my Twitch is the uh the same at Joe Bros of fourteen. And uh but yeah, we're just gonna have fun with it.
2: And what about you, Garrett?
5: And so you can uh follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Garrett Mains One and on Twitch at actually sorry. Instagram and Twitch at GarrettMains1 and Garrett Mains on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Once
2: again, thank you very much, everyone, for the time. Thank you, Timmy, Kevin, Joey, and Garrett for all your time.
1: All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Once again, those are drivers from Victory One Technical Alliances looking to try and continue. The momentum built up from their side of their drivers last year and bring plenty more this season, Taylor.
3: It certainly is. And with that, we come to a close here on the iRacers download. Amazing interview from all of the drivers that we had here for our first episode of the season. But to conclude, Justin, I think we need to touch on one final point here. Earlier this week on Monday, January the 2nd, it was unfortunately announced a major staple in the motorsports industry. Ken Block passed away due to the fact of a snowmobile accident here on the second the of January on 2023. And Justin, I want to touch briefly on this as well. You, when we see com- people competing in the virtual world, you see a lot of people showing a lot of respect with paint schemes as well as other amazing things. When it comes to Ken Block, mm-hmm. and it's such an an unfortunate situation to lose one of the greatest when it comes to action sports.
2: Absolutely, in that regard, when it comes to Ken Block, because he touched upon many different drivers and many different fans across the motorsports world to say the very least. Seeing drivers even from NASCAR action, Ryan Vargas, for example, saying he was the inspiration for his number font. It spreads to just about all the worlds of motorsports, really, because of how strong and how influential Ken Block was in regards to how he raced rally cars, how he raced in general. And, of course, Hooligan Industries, which is a huge brand when it comes to auto enthusiasts, being a part of that organization. So he has a major impact in turn, when you think about it, and has been. An influential part of rally cross ring or rally racing in general for really many decades here.
3: He certainly has, and given the fact that he only started really racing at a very much older age, you know it was absolutely amazing. Starting in 2005 and then continuing on all the way to today, up until his death, it's just a unfortunate situation. Our hearts and thoughts go out to the entire. Block family, as unfortunately, Ken Block, no longer with us. He was 55 years of age. And with that, it is time that we come to a close for Justin Prince, my co-host, Richard Colbreth our producer, for the entire Victory One Sim group of Joey Brown, Timmy Holmes, Kevin King, and Garrett Maines. I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to the iRacers download from the SpeedSport podcast Studio, powered by MyRacePass.